G'day, you're listening to the Virtual Staff Room and this is episode 36, Connected. Hello, my name is Chris Betcher and thank you for joining us here on the Virtual Staff Room. In this episode, we talk to three educators, uh, Chrissy Hellier, a New Zealander living in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, and we also talk to Amanda Marinan from Brisbane, Australia, and towards the end, we also get a drop-in from Paul Wood from Dallas, Texas. And the reason we're talking to these particular three guys today is that uh, they're all very highly connected educators. And by that I mean they are tapped into what's happening globally through tools like Skype and Twitter and the blogosphere. And and basically they build a lot of connections. And there's some really interesting stories in this episode about how those connections open up interesting possibilities for what goes on in their classroom. And I think you'll find that interesting. Um, I'm reading a book at the moment by Stephen Johnson called uh, Where, Where Good Ideas Come From. And one of the phrases that gets used in that book is that chance favours the connected mind. That really resonated with me, this idea that uh, the more connected you are, the more opportunities open up. And, and I think from talking to um, Chrissy and Amanda and Paul, that you'll uh, start to see the patterns here, that how being connected and how having lots of... Um, uh, connections to other educators and to other classes around the world through these tools of connectedness have really opened some doors up for them and have really uh, created lots of opportunities for learning as well as some personal opportunities as well. So it's kind of interesting on a number of levels. Anyway, uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, here we go with um, episode 36, Connected. All right. Well, I'm talking today to Amanda Marinan and Chrissy Hellier. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Chris. How are you? Today? I'm good. I'm good, good. And Chrissy, g'day. Hi, Chris. Um, and you guys better tell us where you are in the world. Well, Amanda. I'll, I'll go first. Yep. I um, am in Brisbane, Australia. It's a very overcast day here today, but it doesn't matter because it's the weekend before school finishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because as in the Southern Hemisphere, we're just about to cross the finish line. Yeah, rub it in, rub it in. Uh, Sorry, and, Chrissy. And Chrissy, what about you? Um, I am in Bangkok, Thailand, and um, we're a couple of weeks away from our end of semester one break. So I get to go home for Christmas, which, of course, is in Kiwiland. Yep. Excellent. Lovely. Now, you better, while we've got you, Chrissy, tell us what you do for those who don't um, know. For those who don't know, I am the elementary school technology and learning coach from pre-K through to grade five at the International School of Bangkok. Um, I've only just started that job. Before that, I was um, teaching in grade five at um, ISB. Nice. Nice. And you um, you get to work with uh, a few other people that people probably know. <laughs> you, you work with Jeff, Jeff Utech. Yes, I do. Uh, up um, until this I've, year, you worked with uh, Kim Cofino? Yes, don't remind me. I miss Kim dreadfully. Uh, she misses you. She told me that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, who else is there? Dennis Hart is there? Yes, Dennis is there. He's actually moved out of the high school technology coordinator's position and into dean of students in the high school. And Jeff has taken his place in the high school. And, of course, I've taken Jeff's place in the elementary school. And we have a new person who's come to us from Peru. His name is Miguel Zombrano, and he is our middle school um, technology and learning coach now. 
Fantastic. It, it, it's a it's a real little hotbed of ICT integration there at ISP, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. You guys have managed to attract some really good people and, and, and it must be really interesting. You tell us about that. Um, it is. It's um, very interesting. Yeah. And uh, Amanda, just um, tell so us what you did. I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a year two teacher at St. John Vianney's um, School, it's a little Catholic primary school um, in Manly, so I overlook gorgeous Moreton Bay. Um, but you know, we don't. I'm, I'm I'm jealous of all of all of that. Um, I guess that wisdom that that you have in in your school. Not saying that there isn't any in ours, but it's just. Um, yeah, it's unusual to get a little concentrated in one concentrated place like one that. Spot, yeah, because at, at times, yeah, I do feel a little isolated um, where I am. Um, but thank goodness for Skype and and um, and I just yeah I spend most of my time in in the northern hemisphere time zone. <laughs> um, I often think what what how did I ever survive um, without without these technologies? I was only thinking that the other day. It's four four years ago that um, I started blogging with my then year one class and um, just the amazing journey that I've been on since um, would wouldn't take one second of it. But you know that it's just amazing. Mm, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know. You know, this whole notion of being a networked educator now, uh, that, that there's so much resource out there beyond your classroom walls that if you're not connected through these these you know, huge networks of whatever it is, Twitter or Facebook or, mm. you know, the blogosphere or whatever you want to call it, I, I don't know. Do you get the impression you're operating at a real disadvantage these days as a teacher unless you're connected somehow? Well, I personally think you are. Um, and I, it's not just being a, a, net, a network, the network teacher, but um, I mean we're learners as well. And for my little learners who are only seven and eight years of age, as they're gearing up to you know for the end of their school year, they it actually hit some of them um, on on Friday that they would they would no longer be able to just hop on to Skype and and call Maria Nee in New Hampshire or Kathy Cassidy in Canada. Um, as much as I explained to them, well, they could still have those connections with those classes via Twitter, which they've already got, but it's going to be harder for them now moving into a year three class where potentially they might not be engaging in, in these same and maintaining these connections. And they were really quite um, upset about the fact that it was coming to an end. Um, and so having to do a lot of convincing with them that they could, you know, it was up to them to make, just like you, you have to work at, at being a friend and, and, and maintaining your face-to-face friendships. It, it was the same with that online. But I know it's going to be hard for them. So mm. I, I was really pleased that, you know, these kids get that the fact that their classroom is not the four walls that, that you know, we, we reside in for, for five hours, six hours every day, that, it, that it's the world is their classroom. Mm, that's great. That's great. And look, we were just sort of bragging on Chrissy there, saying you know she gets to work with people like <laughs> Jeff and Kim and Dennis and whatnot. But but I mean, you're working with people like Maria Nee and and um, uh, uh, Kathy Cassidy, yeah, uh, who are you know equally you know I hate the word gurus, but you know like we get oh, these, they these people heroes. who are just outstanding educators and they're sharing what they're doing. And whether they happen to be in the same staff room in the same building or whether they happen to be at the other end of a Skype line. Um, is almost irrelevant, isn't it? It is. It is. And and you know, sometimes I actually probably talk. It sounds bad, doesn't it? But I but I can I probably have more frequent conversations with them than I might have with with people you know within my own building, um, because they just might pop on during the course of a, of the school day. Um, 
yeah, and I, and so yeah, I guess now I think I probably find that I have to, you have to work harder at having those face to face conversations with your colleagues. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually make sure oh, I go to the staff room. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> uh, what about Chrissy? You, you, you're doing a lot of global stuff these days with your kids. Um, not really, because I'm I'm not in my own classroom, and I'm kind of missing that a lot mm. these days. I'm I'm at the um, what's the word? I'm I'm bound by what the classroom teacher is doing, and yeah. and we have a variety of. Um, teachers at various stages so um, building those relationships and um, showing them things little by little so as not to overwhelm them I think that's been my main job this year yep. so it's it's been a, um, I've had to take a step back from the global stuff and I found that quite hard not having my own class to connect because I could do it whenever I wanted, however I wanted, and now I sort of have to um, ask nicely if I can borrow somebody's class, and I'm I'm finding that quite frustrating. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean there. I, I keep coming up with all these wonderful ideas about what I could do, and I think if only I had my own class because you just exactly there's a certain point at which you can't impose you know, completely right. on another teacher's class. You can go in there with suggestions yeah. and say, let's try this, let's try that. But, mm. you know, at the end of the day, it, there's a big difference between being able to go into someone's class and help them do a project and have your own class where it's an environment you work in rather than a project you do. Yeah. When I had my own class, we had Skype on all the time and if somebody happened to ring us, we would just drop everything and, and talk to them. I remember somebody wanting to know about the way the water went when you flushed the toilet <laughs> in the middle of a math lesson and it was like, yeah, let's down tools and do that. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, ca I can't do that anymore and so I'm, I'm, working, I'm working through ways that I can sort of build some really strong relationships and, um, and have – maybe a couple of set classes that I can pull together um, kids to come into school. See, my class would come into school outside of hours. Yep. We quite often would come back to school because we live in a, um, in a gated community and um, kids could come back into school and they could um, – um, Peter's talking. My son's talking on the telephone, and he's like right in my ear. That's all right. You fix that in post. <laughs> oh, he's just—I've completely lost my line of thought. I have to deal with him. Oh, just um, one second. <laughs> are you recording all that? Can you mute me or something like that? Oh. Can I go to two o'clock to join these guys to go hockey? Oh, that's he's yeah, yeah, I can come. Yeah, I can. Um. That is so staying in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you take that out, Chris Fitcher. You take that out. Uh, where were we? Um, where were we? Yeah, Chrissy was talking about how it's oh. hard to stake. Now I have to edit it. Oh. <laughs> Just made so much extra work for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I knew I should have sneaked up to the bedroom. No, that's okay. No worries. Um, I, so, I, made, so, I made my hubby turn the cricket off. <laughs> so oh, I did stop. you? Actually, no, he was happy. He's gone out to the computer, the other computer. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, where was I? I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to edit that. <laughs> 
I know yeah. what you were talking about, Chris, both of you. Um, I know that at times when I've got really frustrated, you know, with, I guess, you know, trying to bring others on board, um, obviously within our little Catholic primary schools, we, we don't really have a, a full-time um, tech integrator, so to speak. Um, we, we have someone who comes um, one day a week, Chris, you know, Paul Shaw. Um, and just, I guess it's more just trying to get people to um, come on board with, with uh, using Macs um, and just getting familiar with, you know, iMovie or GarageBand or what have you. So, and just changing the pedagogy more so than using a lot of the tech. But yeah. um, people have sort of suggested to me maybe I should, you know, try and pursue other options outside of the classroom. And I would, you know, I would relish being in that mentoring role but then I thought but no then I then I would miss that contact with the kids just like yeah, exactly. you said Chrissy and um yeah. yeah it's such a balancing act the whole ICT integrators role because you you constantly find more and more opportunities where you could integrate IT in really rich ways but kind of almost like less and less real opportunities to get yeah. your teeth in and do it mm. 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 we have a um really good bunch of willing teachers but they, they've also got the rest of the curriculum to um, get through as well yes. and you kind of you want to say look but this is part of writing or this is part yes. of reading but they're bound by these units that they have to complete and if it's you know like I would just juggle things around if we didn't do math one day and we spent the time talking to somebody in Canada then mm. somehow I made that fit I brought yeah. it around to whatever it was that we were studying and yes. that to me was more authentic and more rich but when it's not your classroom yeah. um, it, it's even harder to convince the teacher that it's well, not that it's not worthwhile, but that it's an authentic piece of learning yes. that belongs anytime, anywhere in, in what you're doing in the classroom. So that that's the bit that I miss the most. But it is that shift in, in thinking, isn't it, the shift in pedagogy mm. where the teacher isn't the one in control? See, like you, Chrissy, having an you know, inquiry-based approach, um, and we all have to, we've been planning inquiry units for, heavens, probably a good 10, 12 years, but that doesn't mean that everybody goes back into their classroom and delivers them that way. Mm. Uh, um, but, you know, in my room, like you, if, you know, if someone comes on Skype or I can even remember a few years back when kids saw a, a praying mantis, you know, on the ceiling and so, yep, let's go and investigate because at that point they didn't know what it was um, and let's go off and investigate and then you've got a whole inquiry going off in that direction. Um, you end up covering more outcomes than you could ever have planned for. Yeah. Um, oh, I think so too. Yeah, but, or, or, but, or you have the potential to. Yes, yes. Mm. And, and, mm. and I guess in, well, in, in our case um, probably the kids – um, achieving, at, at working at a higher level than you ever would have imagined they would as well um, because it is authentic and, and they own the learning. Um, but convincing others to take that step back and let go of the control, that, that, that's hard. Yeah. yeah, I would say that's the hardest bit of my job is convincing others to do that yeah. and I'm not quite sure how to do that. Do you reckon um, that that's a matter of how you interpret the syllabus more so than what the syllabus actually says? Mm, I think so. I think so, yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm, I know with the with our national national curriculum coming in and, and I guess it being, you know, a lot more prescriptive, people are thinking, oh, well, it's going to be so content-driven, but I'm not, I'm not overly 
concerned. I will still, it's not going to change the, the way that I teach. It's not going to change, you know, the amount of control that I give kids within a classroom. Um, like like well, you said, Chris. you say that, but what if you get a principal that comes in and starts insisting well, that, no, 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 the, the syllabus says this, you have to do it this way? Fingers crossed, Chris, I haven't got a principal <laughs> like that. I mean, I've, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. Um, you know, I've been at this school for what, 15 years now, um, and, I, and I, that's the longest I've ever been in, in one place, um, and I don't wish to leave because, um, because of the great principles that we have had that really do um, give, give us the freedom um, to, to do what we're doing um, and, and encourage us to encourage the kids to, to be really active yeah. in their learning. So um, I think if, if it turned around where I had a principal who dictated to me how I was to teach, um, then I would leave. <laughs> hey, you know what? 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 I'm an idiot. Why? Why? You do? Because you, you haven't been recording. I haven't been recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh, like, Chris, I've I got do? my call recorder on. Do you want me to send you the file? <laughs> yeah, I have got your call recorder on. I have. It's, well, it's flashing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, I forgot that it automatically comes on. So there you go. <laughs> well, Amanda, if you're recording it, can you just send me the recording? Sure. <laughs> okay. And I just, I just won't bother. Okay. Uh, talk about an idiot. Okay. <laughs> oh, now the pressure's on me. <laughs> oh. What a deal. <laughs> you, it, it's that end of year school mode, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> mm. So, Amanda, speaking of Skype, so yes. you you, um, you tried version five, the new one, and you didn't like it and you went back. Well, yeah. Did you? Well, I did. I did initially love it and, and I was trying to, um, you know, waiting for the opportunity to have, you know, the, the, the group video call. Um, but, yeah, the first week it worked, it worked like a charm. Um, I, I actually did. I Skyped. Um, I Skyped New Hampshire, um, I Skyped Canada, and I Skyped my, I've got, uh, um, I Skyped my children um, in Perth. But it, then when I was having a Skype call with, um, set up with Maria's Kinder Kids um, last week, and it, we just couldn't get it to work. And then we found out that Cathy um, Cassidy had had the same problems connecting with Maria um, a few days beforehand, and, and the, common, the common theme was that both Cathy and I had upgraded to the beta version of Skype. For That's that, five, right? For five, yeah, five. Yeah. And um, we just couldn't get the audio at all to work, and all video. And so um, Maria's kinder kids were just beautiful. They, they, um, they sat there while we both problem solved and then I you know, went and just reverted back to the old version and um, worked a treat. Now, Chrissy, you sounded really surprised there. You've obviously upgraded and you're okay with it. I have, but then I haven't done much with it. I've just talked to people. I haven't tried recording or anything. I just tried to start off audio hijack, but it wants me to quit Skype so it can hijack. So but you're on the Mac, right? up on that idea. Yeah, 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 I'm on the Mac, yeah. The only thing that I don't like about it is that the, um, the, the contact screen is so big. That's yes. yeah. It's not yeah. I re- yeah. I didn't install it for that reason. I looked at it and went, "That's just like Skype." To me, is just the thing that sits in the very sits side the of my computer and it's always yep. running and it's always on. And the idea mm. of it being an, a program I have to open mm. to, in order mm. to do something that takes up most of my screen, I just thought that was a stupid idea. It had a real Windows yeah. feel to it as well. Yeah. I thought. 
And I don't like the Windows no, version. No, no. And, and the chat, the chat screen then was um, really difficult to locate um, once you were on a call. Um, you couldn't just flip really easily between the two um, because obviously if you are having problems and you, and you need to type into the chat, you're like, I can't hear you. Well, it was, I just couldn't even find it. And, and um, yeah, so I gave up and thought, no, I'll wait until they've um, sorted mm. out. It's interesting. I had one of our teachers come to me this week and said um, she needs some help with Skype. She needs to get Skype installed on a computer and, and some help because she's never done it before. And okay, so off we go. Um, she's doing a unit of work on shipwrecks with her year 11 class and she found a museum in Sweden called the Vasa Museum that actually is kind of one of the best shipwreck museums in the world um, based on this shipwreck called the Vasa off the Swedish coast. And on their website, they actually thing, have a thing that says Skype a museum expert. Oh, how cool is that? Oh, yeah. wow. So, and that to me is the missing piece of the puzzle. Skype's yeah. super easy to use, but yeah. who do you Skype, you know? Yeah. See, I was lucky um, in that Maria, Nee's daughter, um, is a marine biologist. Um, she, she had been working for the Ocean um, Genome Legacy and had done a number of dives out here uh, in Australia Um for collecting, for when they were doing all that, um, the census, collecting all the marine data. Um, yeah. And she, I guess she's had a little bit of a relationship with probably the um, last year's, my last year's GEMS, last year's Year 2 class and, and this year's. Um, she was in Ning- diving off Ningaloo Reef um, about this time last year. Or was she up on Heron? Sorry, she was on Heron. And she, and she actually came and visited my kids. Um, oh, and nice. then this year she was up on Lizard Island for about a month and both of my class those classes you know just obviously wanted to connect with with Abby because of the, the fact that she was Maria's daughter but it because where my school is situated on you know Morton Bay it just it it, it was just so authentic and so that they were the, the days where if Abby came on and she and the kids would just straight away start asking her questions about what she was doing we actually had a conversation an impromptu conversation um Abby came online and just <laughs> said you know good morning how's it going Gems and Next thing, within the space of a few minutes, we would, the kids were having this conversation about scientists and, and, and her role and, and how she went about collecting these samples and then what happened in the lab. And these, these, these seven-year-olds seven, were just buzzing um, and just I thought, here we go. It doesn't matter that we're not doing a marine inquiry at the moment. But in actual uh, fact, exactly. it, the, the, the questions that they were asking, and it was all that, you know, scientists and ways of working and... After we'd finished that call, um, she then sent a link to some, you know, pictures that she'd taken and um, that were on Facebook, and I just sort of downloaded them for the kids. That then generated a whole series of questions, which we then put into a Google um, Google form for Abby, and they then said, "Oh, maybe if Abby's if Abby's collected all this, you know, information about the marine life up on Lizard Island, and she did it in Heron Island last year, and she did it in Ningaloo Reef the year before, and she did it in, in up in um, Manila um, prior to that, maybe we could go and collect some data from Morton Bay and, and contribute to her research." And I thought, "Here you go." Um, this is year two. <laughs> these were year twos, and that oh. that um, was going to be our inquiry. Then this term, we started off and then got hooked into um, Terry Smith's Global Monster project and that sort of took over but it didn't matter because they still linked to her she then went away and and made and answered the kids questions by creating a site on Shutterfly and and creating an ebook for the kids which I then went and bought and I just thought you know that that, that book is already so well used 
know, and he, that's you know, here's the dilemma about all that though is that it's, is there's no, or not that I know of, unless you know of one, like a central database somewhere where you can go and say, I need to speak to a marine biologist who's willing to talk to my kids on Skype mm. and you can go and find someone. So you've managed to find that person through your own personal connections. Yes, I have, but then right. I know that Abby could point, she's got friends who are um, geologists and what have you as well. So I guess. But again, that comes through a personal comes connection. Comes through a personal connection, right. yeah, I guess and, so. And I, I'm, I'm sort of of this dilemma now that when you try and set these things up, it all eventually comes back down to a teacher who's got a connection of someone they know or someone they know who knows someone that they know that that they can set these sorts of calls up with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a call to Antarctica a while back with some kids, you know, and it was a matter of – I didn't know anyone there, but it was a matter of me taking the initiative to hunt around and hunt around and hunt around until I found someone who True. was. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it would be really simple, and this is why I think it's a double-edged sword. It would be really simple if there was a central place you could go to but as soon as you institutionalise it like that, then I think it takes all the edge off it. Yeah. And it, it's not the same when you just go to a, a rent-a-friend and just find <laughs> someone to talk to as when you, you actually build those connections yourself, yeah. which comes back to, I think, what we started talking about, this whole the idea of being a connected educator. educator. But I don't know a, a marine biologist, but I know you and you know a yeah. marine biologist. And I think that's how it works because I know that whilst I was um, over, overseas, um, for ISTE, um, my children were doing a unit on where their food came from because it linked in with um, our um, yearly, you know, Royal National Show. And I know that they tweeted out, is there anybody who knows someone who lives on a farm? And, and they were able to connect, again, through um, teachers that I knew that they were, able mm. to, they were able to find someone who could, who could tell them about dairy farming. Right, but a teacher who's teaching a unit on farming who doesn't know anyone who lived on a farm, who never lived on a farm themselves, who isn't like, connected to anyone who knows not, someone who lives yeah, on a farm, yeah. they're kind of screwed. Like, who are they going to talk to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's just one example. But, I mean, pick any part of the syllabus you like and say, this would be great if we could connect to an expert, but unless you've got the wherewithal to connect to the expert by being a connected educator mm-hmm. or at least being able to tap into a network of other connected educators who can somehow hook you up, I mean, there's a real missed opportunity there. There is. Yeah, and that's that's what really gets to me is that it's not only you as the teacher that's missing out, is that you're actually doing your kids a disservice by not being a networked, connected mm-hmm. educator. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. The more I think about that, the more critical that really becomes, isn't it? This whole idea of being mm-hmm. connected. It's not simply because so we can share a few links on Twitter. It's actually the whole notion of being connected. And learning from each other. Learning yep. from each other. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm reading a book at the moment and the little catchphrase on it is, you know, chance favours the connected mind. That, mm. that, that you know, the, the, the doorways and the opportunities that open up to you if you've got connections and connections and connections are so vastly different to if you don't. Exactly. Well, like mm. I was saying earlier, that everything that's happened, the, you know, the, the opportunities that I've been provided over the last, you know, four years, all because... You know, I, I saw, I went to a workshop on how to create learning objects in PowerPoint and um, there, there was a, um, a preschool teacher there who had started blogging and I saw that blog and thought, I could do that and I would do it differently and just went home and Googled blogging in the classroom and, of course, well, up came Maria's name, up came Kathy's name and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just amazing times that we live in. But yeah, it is, it's all about those 
those connections. And Chrissy, I imagine you could tell similar kinds of stories that, you know, that things that have happened to you or things that have happened in your class or to you personally or whatever that you can trace back and you go, yeah, that was from an exchange on Twitter or an email I got from someone or whatever, yeah. you know. Where I am today, where I'm working today is all because quite of being literally, connected. Yeah. Quite literally, literally. Yeah, you yeah. are quite literally in Thailand, yeah. Bangkok today because <laughs> of the connection. Right. Yeah. That is exactly right. That's um, There is no way on earth that I could have possibly ended up here yep. without that connection. Yep. I was in Shanghai, China earlier this year and when people say, oh, how, how did you get there? <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, yeah, a real simplified version of the answer. But if you want to trace it back to the absolute you know, bottom line, mm. Twitter. Yep. Mm. Yeah. See, initially I couldn't see the purpose for Twitter, but um, what two years ago when when Isti was when Nick was in San Antonio, um, and Maria Nee had um, asked my children to contribute to a voice thread that that she was doing on the making of maple syrup, and that had all stemmed from questions that my children were asking about when they'd seen a post on their blog about the kinder kids going to watch the trees being tapped and, of course, for Aussie kids that was like, well, what does that mean? And so they'd made this voice thread for us and and I asked her, you know, well, which which conference is it that you're presenting at and she sent the link and I did a bit of search on the, on the neck knee and saw the profile for um, one of the then an education officer from Brisbane Cathed and thought, what is she doing there? And then I could see a purpose for getting onto Twitter because that was my way then of trying to actually connect Aki girl as it was and, and Maria but also oh, yeah, yeah. but also for for me to keep track on what was going on in that conference and um, you know and that that was the start of Twitter for me yeah. it's funny isn't it it is funny haven't looked back <laughs> yeah I've done a lot of travel this year and a lot of it has stemmed from just stuff that's grown out of online connections mm-hmm. and it's really funny someone said to me recently oh you're really lucky you get all of this traveling <laughs> I thought yep the the more connected I am the luckier I get yeah yep it really is true it is true well see the same mm-hmm. for me I um you know I spent what eight 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 weeks overseas and it was yeah the connection again you know to be able to meet people that you've connected with online meet them face to face but also establish new connections as well it was just the best trip and and now I'm gearing up to, to do it all over again next year. <laughs> are you going back, are you? I wasn't going to, Chris, but yes, with the healthy state of the Aussie dollar, um, <laughs> I, I am. I'm, Fair enough. That's, now, you see, I struggle with that one because it's right in the middle of school term. Just getting the time off is just yeah. hard. Well, I suppose, yeah, I've, I've, um, I've applied for leave um, yep. again. So. so they haven't said yes yet. <laughs> <laughs> but they will. They will. <laughs> Let's hope they don't listen to this first. <laughs> Have you been to Esty, Chrissy? No, I haven't, and I, I've been seriously thinking about it for next year because, of course, that's our our school break. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're not working. So, um, yeah, it's it's very appealing. But I think even more appealing for me is um, the workshops that Alan November runs in Boston. Right, and I'd, I'd really like to. Yeah, I'd you went really to them, like Amanda, to attend. Yes, I, uh, Maria, Kathy, and I presented at BLC this year. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, really different. I mean, I love ISTE. Um, BLC had a really different feel, though. I guess it's because it's a smaller conference, and and I yeah I really in, enjoyed it. Dif- different workshops too. Yeah, yeah I, I I I really enjoyed it. 
so I haven't. Yeah, I follow all the tweets on um, for ISTE, and it's kind of like I, I have noticed over the year that more and more people are saying that there's just so many people um, going there and that sessions are so packed that they're, they're starting to not get a lot out of it. Yeah. So. I, I, yes, I, mm. the queues the queues are an issue um, at ISTE. Mm. Um, I can't imagine a conference with, what, 16,000 people? Know, yeah. yeah. That's just that's wow that's like 10 times bigger than you learn i yeah. can't even fathom that yeah um yeah it was certainly mind-blowing um last year when, when it was in dc it was my first experience and and my first major overseas trip as well so you know i was just walking around all starry-eyed as, but yeah just to, just to have all those educators in one room um, i walk around you learn starry-eyed <laughs> Yeah, but you just got to say to yourself, they're just teachers. They're just classroom teachers, just like me. You know, last <laughs> year, I, you know, I, I just, even though I don't have my own um, professional blog yet, it, it's there but no posts on it, um, I just haven't got around to doing it or have the courage to start. Um, but I remember sitting in the Bloggers Cafe um, in DC last year and, and had Sue Waters was there with her and, yep. um, and David Warlick came up and, and started talking to Sue and then sat down beside me and said, so tell me all about you. And I went, oh, my God, David Warwick's talking to me. <laughs> but, you know, just the loveliest, loveliest man. And, and we, Sue and I, we've been obviously talking blogging and, and um, I know that Maria and Kathy um, use, use David's blogging platform. And, and I, do, I do like a lot of the things that Blogmeister offers, but then there are things that I like about blogger as well and, and setting my kids' um, blogs up as digital portfolios and I wouldn't be able to do that on Blogmeister. And so I sort of started talking to David about that and he said, well, why, would, why do you want to change? And I thought, I like you, <laughs> that, that, you know, you're not pushing your own platform, that you just genuinely, yeah, you know, whatever's best and what, what meets your needs the best. Um, mm. Yeah, I would have sat talking to him for about 45 minutes. Mm. Yeah, he's um, a nice fellow. Really nice fellow. Yeah. So when we started talking today, we, we, you know, the usual thing with this podcast <laughs> is uh, let's just turn the recorder on <laughs> if we remember. To. Yes, let's. And, <laughs> and then just start talking to see what happens. And like, I think an obvious theme has emerged here of you know connectedness and being connected and um, you know being part of a bigger group. Uh, of people who have some sort of a shared direction, and it's, and it's not just growing professionally. I mean, you know, the, the the friendships that that I, you know, the lifelong friends I have now made because yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally. I can't remember. I've told this story on the podcast before, but I, I'll, I'll tell it now. I, when I went to New Zealand for a conference, I went to Auckland for a conference last year. Um, Yay! In, and and. Um, I got to fly out out of Sydney with another guy from Sydney who I'd never met before. A guy called Paul Lewin. Um, who teaches at a school here. And and the people who had organised this for us to go just said, look, just meet up at the airport. You, you've got seats next to each other on the plane and you're staying in the hotel, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So so we met literally standing in the line waiting to check in. And I went, oh, Paul. He goes, oh, Chris. So, we, yeah, hey, g'day. <laughs> so we sat next to each other on the plane. We checked into the hotel. We had, each had our own rooms, but we ended up sort of going for dinner that night and had a couple of drinks and then the next night we hung out and whatever. So the whole conference, you know, we, we'd never met but we just hung out for the yeah. two days of the conference. The third day of the conference when we were leaving to come home, we had a bit of spare time to kill. So I got on Twitter and I said, I'm in Auckland if anyone wants to sort of, you know, hook up and, and, and catch up, whatever, and, and Tony Twiss. Mm-hmm. Who lives down in Hamilton and said, "Yeah, yeah." Oh, so she, her, her and her husband drove up from Hamilton, 
met Paul and I at the hotel and we just hung out. When I told Paul we were going to do this, this is my new best buddy, right, who <laughs> yeah. I didn't know two days ago. <laughs> he said, what are we doing today? And I said, oh, we're hanging out with this friend of mine from Hamilton. And he goes, oh, who's she? And I said, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I told her all the things that Tony does. All oh, right, how do you know her? Oh, I've never met her before. Never met her before, yep. I only know her on Twitter. And he looks at me and went, really? You'd go hanging out with someone you've never met before? And I was like. It's like, hello, what am I doing now? Dude, I met you in the check-in line two days ago. <laughs> and I just, it struck me as being kind of a really interesting experience that that we somehow view a face-to-face relationship that we've developed different to a non-face-to-face relationship yeah. that we've developed. And even though they're obviously different, um, one's not necessarily better or worse than the other. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, know. I know I'd, um, <laughs> Go on, I'd talk to... Um, I'd talked to I'd been friends with Kim Cafino for two years before I actually met her face to face. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like when she opened the door, um, and and I actually was I ended up staying with her when she opened the door. It was like I'd known her all my life, yeah. and I yet felt I was the same. meeting her. I met Kim in Shanghai time. and felt exactly the same yep. when I first met her. It was like yep. I feel like I really already know you, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's weird how it's like that. It is yeah. weird. I felt yeah, the same like meeting Maria and Kathy for the first time as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like my, my own adult children find it all quite amusing and yet they're meant to be the ones who, you know, <laughs> are really connected online and they're realising that they're not really. Oh, my kids do that too, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, my kids think Where, think where are we going, Dad? Too. Oh, we're going to meet this person I've never met before <laughs> yeah. and they just shake their heads they and go, their head, really? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I met up with um, when I was – I did the same as you, Chris. So when I was in um, New York, I met up with, with Bob Greenberg went and had lunch with him um, and then Dennis Grice met up with me we had lunch at, at Disneyland when I was in California but yeah I know my kids are coming but you're meeting these men and you you don't like them yes I do <laughs> yeah yeah it's, um, well the funny part about the Paul story was that afterwards like we went to lunch with Tony and her husband and we sat and we talked about all sorts of stuff that was you know really interesting conversations and and afterwards, sitting on the plane going home, and Paul says to me, you know, the best bit of this whole weekend was having lunch today with those people. That was a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, this is kind of how what it's like when you're connected all the time, you know. Yes. Yeah. You're just immersed in this stuff. You are. And that's why I think it's, it's easy to become immersed. It's like I said before, you have to maybe work a little bit harder than with your face-to-face um, relationships with, with, you know, with your colleagues. Yeah, um, you because, because it's so much easier to be connected online, I'm finding now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very easy to be connected. Yeah. So so if that then seems to be our theme, so what, what, what advice are you going to give to someone who's not yet connected as to maybe why they should be and how they go about doing it? Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. yeah, but just do what? <laughs> I know. And I suppose, I suppose they've, got, they've got to see a reason for doing it though, haven't they? Like what's the yeah, tool? Everyone, everyone always says Twitter. Like is that the starting point or is that, the, is that where you'd start? It, it's probably a safe place to start because you can kind of lurk, I guess. With yeah. If you start with Skype, then um, you've actually got to take yes. that first step and um, make intimate. that connection. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is. 
It is, but um, yeah, I think Twitter or or just follow somebody's blog, yes. somebody who's doing something in the classroom or or speaking the way that you think. Yep. Um, follow them, and then I guess then the next step is is Twitter. Follow them on Twitter, and maybe lurk for a while, and um, every now and again join in where there's something that you feel like you have a little bit to contribute to the conversation. I mean, everybody's got something to contribute to the conversation because we're all about students and we're all about learning. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prior to things like Twitter and whatnot, did you guys ever um, lurk around sort of mailing lists? Yes, no. I, I did. I was on Oz Teachers for quite a while, and I lurked. <laughs> I lurked big time there. Um, yeah, I didn't. I don't recognise your name there. You mustn't have posted a lot. No, I didn't, Chris. No. Oh, okay. I, no. As you probably noticed, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably wasn't married him on there either. <laughs> that, huh. That's only happened since I started blogging with. Right. My classes, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a big fan of mailing lists. I know they're old technology and there's lots of lots cooler ways to do it these days. I, I just think that's a nice, really safe foray into um, a professional learning community if you can find the right one. Mm. I must admit that I, I know I still subscribe, but I, I, that's on a different email and I don't, I very rarely go there. Yeah. yeah I probably should go back and. Because I remember I did enjoy the conversations on there, but I suppose I was still back at that stage where I I didn't feel I had anything to contribute, even though obviously yeah. I did. Yeah, and I think it's getting over that hurdle as well. I guess Chrissy, mm. Chrissy said when I started blogging um, with with my class, I was um, four years ago. I was breaking new ground in my school, um, so there was a little bit of um, hesitation there about you know. The, a principal wanting it to be kept private, all that sort of thing, which we did probably for about six or seven weeks. And um, an education officer in Cathay just went, no way, we need to open this out to the world. So that's then when we, you know, kids started commenting on, we started following other classroom blogs and, and we'd leave the odd comment. But it was Wow. You had an administrator say, no, this needs to go to the world. Um, yeah, an educa- <laughs> I did, an education officer in Cathay, and she was actually our curriculum support teacher at the time. Um, and she could, she could see just how you know, because I initially started the, the the blog to I guess as a way of helping giving kids a more authentic reason for for, re- for reading and writing, um, and but she she I guess within a very short space of time she could see that it was a whole lot more than that, and and I guess I started to see that too. So it was nice to have her support to then go and I guess you know convince admin that we really did need to open up this blog and, and not keep it private. Um, okay. And, yeah, we sort of started commenting on, on um, Kathy's, Kathy's blog and Maria's blog, and, um, but just occasionally, but we'd, we'd read it, but, you know, it's still just, oh, do we leave a comment? Um, but I can remember it was actually one of my, one of my students at the time um, who then one day just went and, and left a comment Maybe we hadn't commented on Kathy's blog. Left a comment on Kathy's blog. I was doing a workshop on blogging, and um, and I'd linked I'd linked Kathy's blog on onto this um, workshop blog that I'd created, and I'd forgotten to take the link down off the class blog. And he went on and left a comment, and um, and Kathy got back then in contact with us. And he that child's now getting ready to um, leave our school. He's heading off to an all boys college next year and he still come up to me and say you know if it wasn't for me you know we would never have connected with mrs cassidy <laughs> um, um yeah what a cool thing to remember it is and and then he and yeah so again he's one of the ones that's a little disappointed in in 
actually leaving our school community because he knows that that is really the end of it unless he really he really keeps helps you know maintain those connections that that he did have with with Kathy and Maria's blogs so I'm hoping that the skills that they you know that that they have now will will just you know they'll have for life yeah that's great great story hey listen I'm just I know we're winding down and we'll probably finish up shortly but um someone has just come online who Wanted to come online from the beginning. He's only just has. So, do you mind if I bring him in? No, sure. No, go for uh, it. Do you guys know Paul Wood? Paul. Paul P R Wood. Yeah. 50, from Texas. From Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hello, Hello, Paul. Paul. Yeah. How are y'all? Hi, Paul. Oh, we're good. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Thanks for joining us. It's a bit late in the game, and we are probably going to wind up shortly. But I just saw you pop up there, and just thought we have to bring you in. You've made all this effort to connect. <laughs> well, good to talk to y'all. You too. Sorry, I dozed. I, I dozed off in my chair. I've been a little bit sick and trying to get over it. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. Now, Paul, just tell us uh, you're in Texas, right? I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm at a uh, grade six through twelve high school. And uh, one of the things we just recently done is uh, we allow the students to bring their own connectivity. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So you just provide the infrastructure and let them connect with whatever they want? Yeah, it was a uh, three-year process for us to get to this point. And uh, we also are about 80 to 85% e-books across the board. Wow. I reckon that's the inevitability of one-to-one is is BYO device. Mm. Yep. I think so. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Paul. Well, I, I, you know, it's just the way they're cutting back budgets and everything over here, uh, it's just going to be simpler. Um, we only had to provide a few laptops for students that uh, didn't have them on their own. And basically what we did is we took the uh, carts, the mobile carts that we had, and we used uh, the laptops out of there. Yeah, sensible way to do it. Hey, so we've been talking about uh, being connected, being a connected teacher, a connected educator and connecting your kids and connecting to other educators and stuff. And we were just telling stories about, you know, how it happened for us and, and uh, stuff. You got any good stories about that? Well, uh, while I thought it was pretty interesting the other night when I'm sitting in a, uh, a graduate class uh, evaluating a project that some kids did, some students there at the grad school did for us for uh, internet citizenship and that kind of stuff. And the first quote that comes up is from you. <laughs> uh, I remember you tweeted me that. I thought that was pretty funny. I just I started laughing. They said, what's the matter? I said, I know him. I know him. That's right. So don't try and get away with anything. <laughs> that's right. You're not going to pull any wool over my eyes. Yeah, that's right. And he didn't actually say that. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. Yeah, no, that's good. Excellent. Because, I mean, you're a classic example. We were just talking about, you know, being connected and and there are some people who you know through the networks that you've never actually met. And this is the first time I've ever heard your voice. And yet you and I have been having exchanges for what, a couple of years now? Oh, easily, easily. I just looked the other day. I I think I've been on Twitter um, a little over three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I'm one of the first people that got your book when that came out. (laughs) I think you are. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to mention it. But, yeah, you, you you tweeted me like and said, oh, I just bought your book. And I went, wow, the first person. <laughs> oh, I must have been the second then. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'm still waiting for your autograph. Uh, when I come to Thailand. <laughs> See, Chris, I've never met you face-to-face either. No, how, long have, how long have we been connected for? Mm-hmm. Must That's be. Right. 
Oh. Must be a good couple of years now. Yeah, easy four years. Yeah, yeah. Easy four years. And yet, and, and it's really funny, and yet everyone else in your kind of crew, and I, I just call them the New Zealand <laughs> crew, you know. This, yeah. They'll uh, all meet you. It's uh, I, so not fair. Yeah. Well, I've got to meet them, and it's it's really kind of. I, I was I was making a list of, um, I was just categorizing some things the other day in my address book and going, wow, 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 like all these people who I have only ever known online, and and just over the years now, I can go, I met that person, met that, met person. that person, met that person, and it's kind of, it's it's really yeah. nice. It is not. But it really doesn't matter, though. No. At the end of the day, it doesn't right. matter whether you've actually met that person face-to-face because those connections and the networking is all so authentic and it's extremely helpful and we've been able to do things that we wouldn't have been able to have done if had we not been connected or networked and yep. that's mm. the real beauty of it. And that's the hardest thing. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to explain to people who aren't connected, though, Mm. because they they just they don't understand how could you possibly be friends with somebody, or how could you possibly get help from somebody that you haven't met before. Yep. Mm. And yet, it's really no different to coming into a staff room and saying, "I, you know, I need help with such and such." You know, exactly. It's it's just a global staff room. You know, I I just I don't get how they don't get it. Yeah. It's like friends and family, you know, you can pick your friends, you can't pick your family. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> There's fighting words over here. Gee, I hope my mother doesn't listen to this podcast. I hope my sister does. <laughs> she won't. That's why I can safely say that. That's uh, uh, no, good. It's a really connected world. And, and uh, Jeff Utek was over here recently in Australia. Um, yes, he was. I don't know what stories he's been telling you, but we enjoyed having him here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said that he wasn't allowed to enjoy himself too much. Because That's right, because his wife. <laughs> yeah. His so, wife so wants to come to Australia, so he wasn't allowed exactly. to have too good a time without her. But he had to scope it out. That's right. Make sure that it was a good place to come back and visit. So I think they are. I think you showed him such a good time that they are going to come back and visit together. Oh, it's good. It was good having him here. It was good. And he was he was absolutely uh, – look, he came here for a conference that we organised uh, and it was him and um, Jenny Luca from Melbourne. Uh-huh. And it was an absolutely perfect symbiotic whatever you call it of, of you know, the two speakers, Jenny on day one and Jeff on day two. Uh, and yeah. It was just spot on, and I think everyone just went, "Yeah, wow, we get it." Yeah. The number of people who sort of realised afterwards, and they said, "I'm now seeing the power of being connected. I'm now seeing the value of Twitter and the value of being part of a, you know, a bigger online presence." Um, yeah, there's a recommendation that I'd I'd say to somebody who's looking to get connected or start out in this, and that's download Jeff's book, mm. the one that he's just written yeah. called Reach. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, and it really does have some tips and tricks for getting started and, and getting yourself connected and networked. And even the very – and I'd never really thought about this before, but in that very first chapter where he talks about the difference between um, a network and a community, because I'd always kind of yeah. use the two terms interchangeably, yeah, okay. but it's not. It's about building a network, which is what uh, which I guess is the infrastructure that allows you to then build community. Yeah. That's how I took it away anyway. Uh-huh. Mm. I got a question. I don't know if y'all have talked about this or not, but, you know, there's been a lot of debate over the phrase PLN, you know, mm-hmm. and over here with, you know, well, let's be careful how we use our words and how we use our phrases. 
you know, but when you think about it, Twitter is a PLN, but it's not my only PLN. But a lot of people think y'all are always phrasing that as, oh, my PLN on Twitter or this. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a whole lot of tools. Yeah, oh, that yeah. bring together everyone in your learning community, I guess. I know someone well, it said, was, it, was it Amanda or Chrissy? One of them said before, you know, like the, the one of the starting points is just to read other people's blogs. You know, pick a bunch of people yeah, who you that, yeah. connect with uh, emotionally, intellectually, whatever, and and just start to read their blogs and comment. Yeah, that's how I started. Yeah, that's a great starting point because it's it's mm. it's low threat. Oh, low, yep. It's not threatening. It's yeah. low risk. <laughs> low risk. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't get caught lurking too much. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've read a few things lately on people's blogs where they've said, "I'm going to make a bigger effort to uh, comment on people's blogs." I read lots of stuff, but sometimes I just get too busy to comment. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a bigger effort to comment. Yeah. Yeah. I've detected a few people saying that sort of thing. There's kind of a, almost like a, a feeling in the air that that, you know, that needs to happen. I think I think one of the things that's been interesting to me is the more people have become involved in things like Twitter and that kind of stuff, how much blogging has kind of taken a back seat a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, mine has terribly. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I get these great ideas in my head that would make a really good blog post and I think, nah, I can say that in 140. Yes. <laughs> not, not very well, but I can yeah. say it. Well, I know that that's something I need to do because even with, with my students, it's always saying to them, you know, it's, it's about the conversation um, because engaging in those conversations um, leads to further learning. So, yeah. um and, and I suppose even when I was initially really scared to dip my toe in, um, I'd, I'd I just had to say to myself, I need to start thinking the way my, at that point in time, my five and six-year-old students think, and it's just just jump in and give it a go, which is what Chrissy said before. Um, yeah. And and sometimes, yeah, I still I still tell myself now, what would my what would my my young learners do here? That's the way I need to um, behave. Um, so that's that's sort of a bit of a holiday. Um, goal for me just to start um, get back into reading a few, few more blogs and, and, and commenting and maybe yep. even start my own. Yes. Oh, go, Amanda. Get onto it, Amanda. <laughs> get after it. There you yeah. go. I'll read your blog. Oh, thank you, Chrissy. <laughs> we all will. Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, um, I guess this call is approaching the hour mark, so we should probably wind it up. But yes, um, it can I just thank you guys for for, for jumping in today? I, I, as oh. I said in the beginning, it just seemed like a wonderful rainy afternoon here in Sydney to turn the recorder on, if I remembered, and <laughs> record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I well, got your back, Chris. I, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate um, the invite most definitely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great, great for you guys to jump in and connect and um, and 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 just share some thoughts. It's wonderful. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thoroughly no worries. You. No worries. So, Amanda, just, um, where can people find you on the web, Amanda? Where can people find me? Well, yeah. seeing as I don't yet have my own blog, um, <laughs> through my class blog, which is 2mgems.blogspot.com, and I'm just Marajem on Twitter and mm-hmm. Clerk and um, Amanda Gem on Skype. <laughs> Okay, excellent. And Chrissy, what about you? Where can people find you on the web? Well, I'm NZ Chrissy on Twitter and, and I have my else. own <laughs> and everywhere else, yeah. And I'm teaching Sagittarian.com. That's where I blog. Excellent. 
I'm guessing you're a Sagittarius. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and a teaching one at that. Yeah. There you go. And Paul, what about you? I'm uh, Paul R. Wood on Twitter, PRWood50 on Skype, and what is your IP vision at blogspot.com? What is your IP vision? IT vision. I- IT vision, right, sorry. What is your IT vision? Excellent. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I, I uh, appreciate your time and energy. And we'll You're sh- very we should welcome. talk again. You're very welcome. Yep. Okay. Very Thank you all. Good Bye. to talk to you all. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. So share it with your friends, get some of them connected. You'll also find the show notes and all the other information about things that were mentioned in this podcast at virtualstaffroom.net. And I'd encourage you to go over there and have a look and see what's there and perhaps leave a comment. Always good to hear from people. Until next time, my name is Chris Betcher. You've been listening to the Virtual Staff Room.